Howdy, this is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Sunday, December 3rd, 2023, I wish you a very, very, very happy Let's Hug Day. Jameson Battle and Dawson Garcia observed, and I hope you did as well. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And I tell you what, you're lucky I didn't do this show tomorrow, on Monday, because that obscure holiday likely would have been my birthday, and you all would have owed me one, because you would have known the host of the News from the Shop podcast it's his birthday. Gotta do something for him. Well, you don't owe me anything at, at this time, but I guess in another way, you kind of do because of my selfless gift to not inform you of my birthday. So you're welcome on that. Um, welcome to Big Ten Basketball. Today we're going to talk about Ohio State and Minnesota and the first Big Ten game that Ohio State has played this season on the hardwood, and it was Big Ten Basketball. It was whistles, it was fouls, it was turnovers, it was several minutes in a row of ugly basketball, and that's just what we've come to expect when we watch any team attached to the Big Ten play, especially against another team in the Big Ten. Ohio State knocks off Minnesota 84-74. to The Buckeyes are now 7-1, and one, and they're enjoying a six-game winning streak for the first time since, I believe, 2021. In this show, we're going to review the game, of course, and we're going to give some first-half, some second-half takeaways before moving on to just some overall thoughts on the game. So stick around for that. At the end, we'll review the keys to the game that we gave couple of thoughts here on the center position on the small forward position and how legit is this Ohio State team what should we be feeling about Ohio State at this point in the season we're in December now we've got enough of a sample size to have an opinion on Ohio State basketball so I'm going to give a take on maybe what this team could be what this team is right now as well so Thanks for being here. As always, I'm going to ask you to do something very, very, very difficult and painstaking before we begin the show. The numbers have been very good recently, but I'll let you in on a little secret, okay? The Views from the Shop podcast was in the top 100 of all podcasts in the U.S. in specifically the basketball category this offseason. We had some great guests on the show, had some great interviews. Y'all ate it up, okay? I'd like to get back there. So, tell your friends and family about it. Subscribe to the show. If you haven't given us a five-star review already, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to beg. I'm just going to put it into your mind. Just let you think about it for a second. So, there is that. But we're going to talk about Ohio State basketball. That's why we're here. So, let's get into it. The Buckeyes knock off the Golden Gophers. Let's start in the first half, shall we? So, Ohio State gets off to a really nice start. And as we've seen before this season, and a lot of times with Chris Holtman coach teams, they can be slow starting teams. Well, not so fast in this one. We see a travel. We see a missed jumper to to start the game for Ohio State's offense. But two triples by Jamison Battle, one by Roddy Gale, makes it 9-2 to two with 17 minutes left to go. 
And that's always good to see, especially given the key to the game I gave to Ohio State beginning with the game, hitting three threes. That's always going to be good. Jameson battled the focal point for Ohio State. Now, Bruce Thornton in the beginning of this game was the focal point for Minnesota. Golden Gophers were all over Bruce Thornton, but Jameson Battle, the beneficiary of that. He scores, actually scores eight of Ohio State's first 11 points. Buckeyes get out to an 11-2 lead at the first media timeout. And then out of that timeout and continuing on in the first couple of minutes of this game, like I said, Minnesota was all over Bruce Thornton in this one. Any screen, any ball screen, anytime he had the ball, Minnesota extending the pressure and showing the ability to just hard hedge on Bruce Thornton, forcing him to give the ball away. He's not able to turn the corner and get a defender off his hip and move past him, and that limits him offensively early on, but Ohio State still scores 14 points in the first six minutes. Now, overall, this was an ugly first half, for sure. We saw a lot of loose balls. I'll get into a little bit more of this later, but the fact that Ohio State could go out and, and score 14 points in the first six minutes without Bruce Thornton being the focal point, that makes you feel good about how balanced this offense can be. And I've said this before, with how good Roddy Gale has been specifically this season so far, when you've got a player like that, where if Bruce Thornton's going to be the focal point, but you can trust a guy like Roddy Gale, especially Jamison Battle as well, you feel good about your chances offensively. So you you advance on to the first half, you get out of a timeout, and Bruce Thornton at that point, he clearly, he, he was cleared for takeoff by head coach Chris Holtman. We saw, I wouldn't necessarily say Bruce Thornton was timid, but he was certainly not getting the usage that you would like to see him get from probably your best player on the roster. So out of a timeout, he hits a two and he gets fouled. He makes his and one on the free throw. Next possession, he drives up against three players, hits a layup. Next position, he possession, he he hits another layup against a bunch of bigger defenders. Somehow the layup goes in and he gets fouled all the while. So Bruce Thornton, clearly he had the green light from Chris Holtman where it was clear Minnesota's game plan for him defensively was going to be hard hedge. Whenever you get a screen, make sure you're extending the pressure, get him uncomfortable. But Bruce Thornton was able to get downhill and get a couple of buckets. That was all a part of a 14-2 run that puts Ohio State up 30-12 to with eight minutes left to go in the first half. 30-12. to This is not 30-12 to on Central Michigan or Western Michigan. Ohio State does not get to play Northern or Eastern or Southern Michigan. Only one of those I'm certain are real. The other two, TBD. But... I understand Minnesota is a team that we're not going to be impressed by. They're not going to the NCAA tournament. It's still a team that resides in the Big Ten. And if you're up 30-12 to 12 on any team with eight minutes left, you're probably going to be impressed, especially on Minnesota. You're going to be impressed. Bruce Thornton continues to, to do what he does best, and that's score and drive and scoop in layups. He, he goes in on Elijah Hawkins, who I said... In the preview episode, Bruce Thornton was going to eat Hawkins alive, and he did that. Another nice layup with two minutes left, scooping it in. And at the half, Ohio State leads 42-28. to So as you see there, 
Ohio State had a 30 to 12 lead that shrunk down to 42 to 28 at halftime. Minnesota went on an eight to nothing run, and you go into the half. At least I did, thinking, okay, so Ohio State is going to get out to a 22 point lead at one point in the first half. Now they're up by 14, and it just felt like, uh, I wish it was. 45 to 25 or you know just just get one more bucket and take more bucket away from minnesota and you feel a lot better but minnesota gets a little bit of momentum heading into halftime ohio state still overall played really really well in the first half 58 percent from the field bruce thornton had 12 roddy gale and jameson battle had 10 but overall this first half and, and the entire game was very ugly we saw lots of loose balls like i said a lot of fouls zed key had a bad foul immediately upon checking into this game. Dale Bonner in the first half airballed a wide open three. Minnesota had six turnovers in the first 12 minutes alone. Nine first half turnovers all together. That led to 11 points off turnover for Ohio State in the first half. Dale Bonner, he he did a good job defensively at least. He poked a steal, made the ball handlers uncomfortable consistently in the first half and and Minnesota in general seemed content to do what it takes to simply get the ball into the hoop and then just throw it up and see what happens and Felix Akpara blocked three shots in the first half alone so as far as the first half went it was not pretty basketball okay there's some conferences that play a little bit more mm, stylistically pleasing brands of basketball that's not the Big Ten it, it's funny how the Big Ten whether it be football or basketball this conference kind of has the same reputation for each, which is just ugly, ground and pound, defensive games. That's just that's just how it goes. You look at how Big Ten football went this year. Ohio State football offensively was not the sexy offense that we've come to know and love if you're an Ohio State fan. Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, Indiana, all kind of just ugly offenses that try to get the job done on the defensive side of the ball. And in basketball, it's the same way. You see teams that are content to foul and push and shove. And the Big Ten, a lot of times, will give you those calls. They'll let you play physically. They're still going to call a lot of fouls. That's just how it goes. So that was the first half. Heading into the second half, though, for Ohio State, you're hoping that they can kind of get out of this, this trance that they were in to close the first half. But they look sleepy. Again, opening up the second half. But they finally prove they can get back on the saddle after losing momentum i'm going to talk about this theme over and over and over again probably on this show alone but as the season continues something that we need to keep an eye on as fans of ohio state is can a chris holtman led team figure out how to get back on the saddle after getting knocked off we've seen it multiple times in the past couple years where ohio state loses momentum can they take the momentum back and in this one, they did. Bruce Thornton, he gets up to 17 points. He pushes Ohio State's lead back up to 17. Uh, Buckeyes up 51 to 34, barely four minutes into the second. And this is where, again, you start to see fans getting a little impatient. One, two minutes into the second half after losing a, a, a nice advantage in the first half, going down on the 8 run, you see fans getting impatient after two minutes. And then you see how quickly a game can change two minutes later. Ohio State up by 17. Now, both teams kind of 
trade blows for a while here in the second half, and you're waiting for Ohio State to to run away from Minnesota. With eight minutes left, Ohio State leads the game 66-52, to and I don't care who you're playing. If you're in a Big Ten conference matchup, and it could be Purdue, it could be Minnesota, it could be any team in between. If you're up by 14 at home with eight minutes left, you're going to feel great about that. That is always going to make you feel good. But at this stage in the game, you feel like you just ate your first roll at Texas Roadhouse, right? You're left wanting more. When you go to Texas Roadhouse, you get the roll. You open it up. It's nice and warm. It's hot. It's been sitting under that lamp. You get the cinnamon butter, spread it across. You have one roll. I don't think anyone in the history of time has gone to Texas Roadhouse and just eaten one roll and said, "Mm, that's satisfying. I'm good. That's how you felt watching Ohio State. We just had a bite of a roll, but we want more, especially after a 22-point lead in the first half, and you're still struggling to fend off that same team. Dawson Garcia, he he does everything in his power to will Minnesota to a win in this one. I think he had eight points in the first half. He finished this game with 36 that would be a career high. 12 of 25 from the field. He made 12 free throws in this one. So Dawson Garcia, kind of the man who led Minnesota to any kind of a small comeback here in the second half. You fast forward four minutes, and you're at that point, you're full. You're full on in the, all right, so we're doing this again mode. We saw the games. Like I said, last year, previous years were Ohio State could not close out teams. Purdue at home last season. Maryland and Rutgers on the road last season. Akron to open the season, I believe it was, two years ago. And so on. You can you can count several games in which Ohio State has gotten out to a lead, but they've not been able to close it out. They then lead 70-59 to 59 with four minutes left. And the momentum is dangerously close to swinging away from Ohio State. So at that point, again, you're asking, is this team going to respond? And would last year's team have responded to this? Last year's team with Justice Suing and Bryce Sensenbaugh and Sean McNeil, last year's version of Ohio State, when the lead gets cut to six with four minutes left after leading by over 20, are you expecting this team to respond? Last year's team proved time and time again it could not. This year's team, this year's team responds. Three triples made by Ohio State in a row, each either assisted or made by Bruce Thornton. Of the two, Bruce Thornton didn't make, but he did assist on. The other key cogs in the offense show up in Roddy Gale and Jamison Battle. That is huge for Ohio State. When you have guys, you need them to step up in the biggest moments, and you cannot just rely on one player. Ohio State didn't do that. Bruce Thornton was ball dominant in this game, but he finds Roddy Gale. He finds Jamison Battle open. They hit threes. Not only do they take them, they make them, and it's huge for Ohio State. They end up closing out this game after a meaningless video review. Jamison Battle, Dawson Garcia play a little patty cake. Boys will be boys. And, by the way, both banger bets cash. Bruce Thornton over 16.5 points. Cash that plus money. We had a plus 100 same game parlay. That cashes as well. Thanks to Bruce Bruce Thornton's five assists. We only needed four, but five is fine. 
and Jamison Battle easily eclipsing 10 points. So to close this game out, Bruce Thornton scores 22 points, dishes out five assists, 25 points for Jamison Battle on a very efficient shooting night. I believe he was four of six from the three-point line, and Roddy Gale finishes with 16 points. So you go back to the question, would last year's team have responded? We'll never know, but this year's team did. And I'm not going to paint the picture that Ohio State was taking on Illinois or Wisconsin or Purdue or Michigan State. Yeah, they closed out Minnesota, a game that they should have won, a game that they were favored by by 9, 10, 11 points, depending on where you looked. This was a game in which Ohio State was heavily favored. They still closed out a team that they were supposed to beat, and we can be thankful for that. So let's get into some takeaways here before we get into takeaways though and keys to the game that we'll review of course i got to talk to you about college basketball analytics that is cbbanalytics.com ohio state used college basketball analytics and all the scouting tools that they have on their very robust website to beat minnesota and they will use college basketball analytics to game plan and prepare scouting reports for ohio state's next matchup against miami ohio you can have access to those very same stats, whether it be plus minus with different rotations in, whether it be shooting zones for specific players, for team defenses or offenses. You're looking for really specific stats like offensive rebounding rate or Hakeem percentage or offensive rating or anything like that. You can find it all on College Basketball Analytics, cbbanalytics.com. Use the code SHOT, that's S-C-H. O-T-T. Use the code SHOT to get your first month free. CBBanalytics.com. All right. Let's get into some takeaways. So first of all, actually, no. Let me go to keys to the game, and then I'll get my overarching thoughts on this game that I'm still feeling somewhat conflicted by. So I only gave two keys to the game for this one. Keep it simple. Sometimes that's what you got to do. So Ohio State in this one, I wanted to see them stay hot from deep. They shot 40% or better from deep in four straight games before shooting only 29% against Central Michigan. We knew Ohio State was going to have their chances tonight. Minnesota was averaging 19 three-pointers against so far this season. I said it in the preview. I said it. Jamison Battle is going to have his chances. Bruce Thornton should hit a couple as well. Roddy Gale might be able to. What was the result in this one? Well... Ohio State goes 9 of 17. That's 53% from three. Jamison Battle, he goes 4 of 6 from three. Roddy Gale, 2 of 3. Bruce Thornton, 1 of 3. The guys who you expect to step up did. Jamison Battle was huge. Roddy Gale hits a couple as well. Bruce Thornton wasn't as productive from three as he was inside the three-point line, but that's fine. 9 of 17. 53%, you are going to win basketball games if you can do that consistently. Ohio State started the season not shooting well from three, both against Oakland and against Texas A&M. Since then, they've shot really, really well. If the Buckeyes can keep this up, it's going to be a dangerous team. And we'll talk about how dangerous this team can be in just a second. Number two for Ohio State. I said apply defensive pressure. And guess what I said going into this game? I said, look, Ohio State doesn't really do anything to ratchet up pressure. They don't run full court presses pretty much ever unless they have to. They don't really pressure the ball at half court. 
They don't extend pressure. But you know what we saw in this one? We saw Ohio State's defense extending pressure for the first time all season. The result was 13 turnovers forced, 8 steals. They applied pressure in this one. The stats may not jump out at you, but if you go back and watch this game again, if you happen to have it recorded, or if you can find it on YouTube, if that still exists, is it Matthew Loves Ball? That's a YouTube account that's getting banned, which is just an absolute shame. Um, but regardless, Ohio State did this, and the tape is there to prove it. So Ohio State passes two of two on the keys to the game, and this one, again, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about. Somewhat. I'm not going to act like I know everything, but when you have college basketball analytics, for example, and when you watch these games, you can start to understand, all right, what are some key differences between the two teams? What matchup advantages, disadvantages are there? And how can Ohio State win that game knowing those different details? That's what we built out today, and Ohio State able to do it. So some other takeaways on this one and this is where i feel conflicted i kind of put these next two takeaways separately but they could be together for what it's worth so we'll start here this team at this point in the season is so close to taking a key jump this season up by 22 in the first half against a big 10 opponent I don't care if it's Minnesota. I don't care if it's Purdue. I don't care if it's Northwestern, who I think technically could be considered the best team in the Big Ten after beating Purdue. I don't care who it is. You're up by 22 in the first half. That's incredible. Cruise by Alabama. Cruise by Santa Clara. Cruise by Central Michigan. Some of those teams varying in talent don't care. What we are seeing right now is extended periods of game, games where Ohio State dominates. And we didn't see that as much last season. Do we see it against Alabama, A&M, and Maine? Sure. We did see Ohio State dominate against those teams. But against Minnesota, against Alabama, where you never trailed in the second half against Santa Clara? That is impressive. Now you're getting to the point where you've got to ask, can Ohio State sustain it? That is what they did against Alabama, for sure. Can we see you sustain it? against a team like Minnesota the second time they play. Can we see them sustain it against Penn State coming up? A very similar team in terms of probably overall expected talent gap between Ohio State and Minnesota, Ohio State and Penn State. Very similar there. Ohio State is close, very, very close to taking a key jump from mm, a medium team in the Big Ten could be finishing anywhere from 6 to 7, 8 to 9, something like that. They are now starting to get in the conversation. People are waking up. I tweeted it out during this game. We had a, it was it was Sean Paul who tweeted out his new top 25 for the week. Ohio State was ranked 17th. National pundits are now becoming aware of Ohio State. Now you've got to sustain this play. Number two here, I'm going to take away. Kind of goes in line with this. Ohio State closes out a win with the game not necessarily hanging in the balance, but the momentum 100% was. This is yet another area of growth for Ohio State. In the past couple years, they haven't shown that. And it's one game. This is really the first time all season. If you want to count the Oakland game, that's fine. But this is really the first time all season where Ohio State had a lead, had a chance to take advantage, had a chance to close out a game, 
and they did when they were facing adversity. And this is exactly what I'm talking about in terms of Ohio State being close to jumping into that next tier of Big Ten contenders. If you can close out games like this, I'm not expecting to see Ohio State really have another game that they're going to have a similar game script like this. They shouldn't against Penn State. They just shouldn't have that opportunity. Shouldn't be there. They should be beating Penn State the way that they did Minnesota. They shouldn't against Miami, Ohio. They shouldn't against New Orleans. West Virginia, maybe, probably not. UCLA, maybe. That would be really the only game this month that you can realistically expect Ohio State to have to close out a game in which a team could come back and make it close. But now we're looking at the schedule. And I'm allowed to look ahead because, well, I'm not on the team and I'm not affiliated with the team. But let me just let, let me just take you through the schedule that Ohio State has right now. Right now they're 7-1 and one, and they're 1-0 and oh in Big Ten play. Like I said, I'm going to allow myself to get ahead of myself. You've got Miami of Ohio coming up on Wednesday. That should get you to 8-1. and one. Penn State, that should get you to 9-1. and one. UCLA could get you to 10-1. and one. Maybe not should. Let's just be ultra conservative here, okay? Let's say they drop one to UCLA. So they go from 7-1, and 8-1, 9-1. Now they're 9-2. You beat New Orleans. You're 10-2. You beat West Virginia. And you are 11-2 heading into January. And you could very, very, very easily see Ohio State being 12-1 and heading into January. So this is where Ohio State has a key stretch. Prove that you can be the team that you have shown you can be, not just in four-minute spurts that they showed last year, but eight, 10, 12-minute spurts. Ohio State has a chance to get on the map and be a top 15 top maybe not top 10 top 12 ish team heading into january heading into the new year and if that is something that you expected heading into the season i would say i don't believe you maybe you did but i'm just saying as you look at the ceiling for this team as you look at this team taking a jump it's going to be possible and this is where we can get excited about ohio state basketball a couple more thoughts here more individually focused than anything else Jameson Battle, man. So on Friday, we got the chance to to chat with Jameson Battle. He was brought on a Zoom call. I was able to jump on the call, ask Jameson Battle a couple questions. And the first thing that was top of mind for me, first thing that was top of mind for Adam Jardy, first person who asked any questions, and, and really everyone was trying to get some sense of how Jameson Battle felt heading into this game, facing his former team, facing the team he played for for two years didn't sound like there was there was much of of any extra aggression revenge factor hard feelings or anything like that that would lead you toward thinking he'd take this game over after that Friday interview well Jameson battle took over he he absolutely dominated in this game when you go out and you score 25 points you pull down seven rebounds you go seven to 12 from the field four of six from three you don't miss a single free throw and you shoot seven of them you only have one turnover also get a blocked shot in there jameson battle was a huge reason ohio state won this game and again it's hard to it's hard to say that anything was all that close against a team like minnesota but ohio state only won this game by 10 
It was kind of 12, but it was 10 points. So you needed a performance like that from Jameson Battle. What if Jameson Battle doesn't score 25? What if he only scores 15? Well, if he only scored 15, technically, we could still be playing this game in overtime right now. Jameson Battle was huge in this game. There were no indicators to show that he was going to go off like this, but huge, huge performance by Jameson Battle. If you get more of that, again, heading into the season, it was Bruce Thornton. You expect Bruce Thornton to be the guy. At least that was me. I expected Bruce Thornton to be the guy. I didn't have high expectations for Jamison Battle heading into the year. I think he could be huge in Big Ten play. Still think that, okay? But you've got Bruce Thornton. You've got Roddy Gale stepping up. You've got Jamison Battle stepping up. We'll talk about Felix Akpara here in a second as well. But you're starting to see guys kind of come out for Ohio State who are really starting to come out of the woodwork and show that they can actually produce at a really, really high level. And when you've got guys like that, you become a very, very well-rounded, balanced team. So Jamison Battle, if you can keep that up, heading through December, heading into Big Ten play, Ohio State's going to be dangerous. Let's talk about the center position. So, tale of two, two players here on this one. Felix Akpara has five blocks, only three points. But he had five blocks in this one. His defense continues to be key for Ohio State. I think he played really, really well in this one. He was one of four from the field. That's fine, but we know what we're getting out of Felix Akpara. At this point in his career, we're not expecting him to go out and score 10 points every night or be a double-double machine. Zed Key has been that player for Ohio State in the past. He's been that player for Ohio State at times this year. But from Felix Akpara, you need him to play defense. That's what he did. On the other side, Zed Key. He only played 15 minutes in this one. I don't know if you noticed... A, a sizable absence from Zed Key. He only got 15 minutes. It's his second straight somewhat ugly game. He goes one of three from the field. He had a couple fouls mixed in, and he had four turnovers. Came into the game. First thing he did was, was have a foul in which he just he jumped straight into an offensive player going for a layup. Not a pretty game from Zed Key, but it's good to see Felix Akpara turning it on. And honestly, moving forward, it's not ideal to only have one player on, but if you can get Felix Akpara playing like this every game or Zed Key playing the way that he had in the previous couple of games every game, any combination of that I think is going to be fine for Ohio State moving forward. And now let's move on to the small forward conversation. It's the same game. It's the same small forward situation. Evan Mahaffey, he goes scoreless in his second straight game. Now his third scoreless game overall he still has not topped six points in a game this season. It's his third game with four fouls, and he's now shooting 22.5% for Ohio State. His backup, Scotty Middleton, he scores eight in his second straight game, shooting three of four from the field. Not sure he's fully ready yet, but here's my take on, on Scotty Middleton and Evan Mahaffey. I feel like I talk about him every game, but my opinion remains the same. Offensively, it is clear Evan Mahaffey cannot shoot from three. He's 0-5 from the three-point line this season. When he drives into the paint, it just it looks somewhat awkward. He doesn't look like he, he's gonna really scare you as as a slasher or as a driver offensively. On the flip side, not only can Scotty Middleton score at the rim, but he can hit some threes. Now, here's here's the rub for me defensively, what was the talk about Scotty Middleton coming into this season? 
of all the freshmen, the talk about Scotty Middleton was, this guy is the most ready to play. He's the most ready to play because we think he can use his length and sit down and defend day one for Ohio State. And I think we've seen that in spurts at time. He's had his freshman moments. It's still very early, but I am still wondering why Evan Mahaffey is starting over Scotty Middleton when Middleton is clearly a better scorer. He's clearly a better ball handler. He's clearly at least more efficient with using his fouls. And overall, the game seems to flow a little bit better with Scotty Middleton in offensively because when the ball gets in his hands, you don't have to, or, or you have the ability offensively to have a defender on you. He can't just step back onto the free throw line and say, I dare you to shoot a three. So I hate to continue to, to essentially bring Evan Mahaffey down. I think Mahaffey can be a, a completely, completely useful gadget on this team. You need players like Evan Mahaffey who can sit down and defend. I haven't even talked about Dale Bonner in this one. That's another player. I guess I did mention him, so good on me for that. But everyone will have their role. I think as Scotty Middleton continues to get more playing time, he continues to heal up from the ankle injury, he continues to see the game and adjust to the speed, it is so hard for me to understand how Scotty Middleton can't be in the lineup come Big Ten play. We'll see what happens. But right now, what Mahaffey's calling card was supposed to be, which is defense, I'm not seeing it from him. Even take away the fouls. If you just watch a film, if you watch him, one-on-one, ball handling, whatever, it's not been what he's been cracked up to be so far this year. So I would say let Scotty Middleton get a little bit more run. I'm sure he's not going to start anytime soon, but it's something to keep an eye on. Overall, though, for Ohio State, this was a game that showed me, man, this could be a glimpse of a very, very good Ohio State team. Heading into this season, I predicted Ohio State would make the NCAA tournament and be a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Now, at this point, that ceiling, it seems like every game, that seed line is going up from five to four, potentially three. That's probably a little bit far-fetched at this point in the season with the data that we have. But with the data that we do have at the same time, Ohio State is looking really good. If you can go up by 20 points in 10 minutes of play in a first half against a Big Ten opponent, that's going to catch the eye of many people. Now the score, people who are who are box score watchers are not going to be as impressed by this performance by Ohio State. And they didn't close out the game the way that they should have, but they still closed it out. They still won. And now we are starting to get more optimistic about Ohio State basketball. So that's a good thing. Another good thing is we cash both our banger bets. We're feeling great about that. Please bet responsibly. We are going to be back to preview Ohio State's matchup with Miami, Ohio, which will be again on Big Ten Plus. Make sure you have that. If not, you know that we'll have you covered regardless, either on Twitter, on Instagram, right here, wherever you're listening to your podcast. So make sure you're subscribed, please. And until then, I'm going to shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.